to the Lord. Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to invite you to take your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, my sermon subject, be thankful for your salvation. Be thankful that you've been saved by the grace of God. I told Ramona, I'm thankful for Gravel Hill Baptist Church in Johnson City, Tennessee, that's where I heard the gospel. I was convicted of my sins. And it was the Spirit of God that brought me to repentance <clears throat> and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that I got saved there at the Gravel Hill Baptist Church. A little later on in my life, mentioned a moment ago that I began to learn some doctrinal truth in the Word of God. <clears throat> My dad had heard T.B. Freeman preach on the radio <coughs> and wanted to go to the church where he pastored, which was South Bristol Baptist Church in Bristol, Tennessee. And he went and uh, he enjoyed what he was hearing. He was hearing the sovereignty of God like he had never heard before. And of course that's where I met my first wife, Betty. The Bible says here in my text, Psalm 68 verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation. Think of that. That's what that means. Think of that. Exactly right. 
Notice what it says there. Loadeth us with benefits. We are loaded with benefits from the Lord. Now then, if you would go to the right over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And look at verse 2. Psalm 103 and verse 2 reads, Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Notice those words in the latter part of that verse. Forget not all His benefits. I tell you what, there are benefits in serving the Lord. Forget not all of His benefits. Now then go to the right just a little bit more to the 116th chapter. 116 and verse 12. Psalm 116 and verse 12 reads, What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? All His benefits toward me. (laughs) So many benefits, I couldn't even begin to think of all of them. He has blessed us immensely. At Thanksgiving time, the child of God must think about the many blessings which are ours just simply because I'm a child of God. I am so blessed just simply because I am a child of God. I tell you what, we need to be grateful and thankful for our salvation. Just because I'm a child of God, I am blessed immensely. Now, this is a special relationship between God and His children. Now, I want us to consider this relationship the nature of it, the benefits of it, the demands of it, the nature of this relationship, I want you to look at the plan of salvation was made by God. God is the one who made the plan of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1 Verses 3-7 through reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, with blessed all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. 
that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Isn't it good to know that you've been chosen as a child of God? You were chosen in Christ before the foundation, before God ever said, let there be light, and there was light. God had already chosen you in Christ. And verse number 4, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us in verse 5, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. He predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. And verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us a accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. What a passage of Scripture this is here in Ephesians chapter 1. This is the plan of salvation that God planned for us our salvation is the work of God. It's a sovereign work. God never chose a man that He could not save. God never saved a man that He could not keep saved. The work of salvation was carried out by God. John chapter 3, verse 16. Verse of Scripture that I suppose all of us known from our childhood. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish that have everlasting life. That's the kind of life He gives. He didn't give me. There's no such thing as a person in hell saying, there was a time when I was saved. But then, the sin my life, I lost my salvation. Not a man in hell like that. First John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 reads this way, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. God sent His Son into the world, that we might live through Jesus Christ. Here in His love in verse 10, 
Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the perpetuation or the sacrifice for our sins. God loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins, to pay our awful sin debt. Our sin debt is so bad, we couldn't pay it ourselves. So therefore God sent His Son and no human being could die for another human being in order to pay our awful sin debt. It required that the Son of God Himself be the sacrifice in order to satisfy the demands of God's divine justice. The Holy Son of God had to lay down His life to pay our sin debt. And here's something else, folks. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, He did not die for you in general. The child of God, when Jesus Christ died for you, He died for you in particular. You put your name in there. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, He died for... Put your name in there. You in particular. You, Dave Snyder. David, when He died for you on the cross of Calvary, He had you in mind. So, oh, how could that be? There were so many people. He's God. Don't try to bring Him down to your level. He knew for whom he was dying. He died for Doug King. I think maybe you thought about this, Douglas. He died for Douglas King. Yeah. You put your name in there too, child of God. He knew for whom he was dying. So that he was dying for the way he was not dying for the world. He was dying for his people. Yep. Individual people. He didn't die for everybody. Correct. That's the reason most people are going to hell. You're not. Because he died for you in particular. He loved you in particular. Oh, isn't that great to know? Amen. Now the blessing of God are applied by God. The blessing of salvation applied by God, rather. This is John 6, verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. No man can say one day, you know what? <clears throat> Well, this is November. I think I'm going to go to church and get saved. I'm going to go to church and get saved this coming Sunday. Or I'm going to, 
I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get saved in December. I'm going to get saved before the end of the year. You can't talk like that. You don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> you can't choose when you're going to get saved. God God does the choosing. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And if God hadn't drawn you, you're not coming. You don't want to come. But why? Because you're dead. You're dead in trespasses and in sins. You have no interest in the things of God. <clears throat> no man can come to me Jesus said, except the Father which drew, uh, except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I'll raise him up the last day. And then in John chapter 10, verse 27, 8, and 9, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You're saved by the grace of God. You have been saved since the day that the Lord saved you. <clears throat> the devil has never been able to pluck you out of his hand. True. It's impossible. Now then, the final outcome of our salvation is the result of God. You turn with me now to the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I'm going to read to you three verses of Scripture. And here I read, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Folks, all of this be thankful for your salvation. The final outcome of our salvation is all a result of God. It's the work of God from the very beginning to the end. And He's not finished with us yet. I want you to notice the nature of this relationship of our 
being children of God, I want you to notice in John chapter 4 and verse 7, the woman at Jacob's well. The Bible says here, There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus saith unto her in verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him in verse 11, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is the nature of the quality of the water. Natural water, you come for more. If you drink the water that Christ gives, it springs up into everlasting life. Now, I want you to notice in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, The number and the quality. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The Lord gave us salvation, folks. He gave us good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. I remember when I was a young man, I worked in a store. They had... Um, anniversary and they were giving away a gift every hour a basket of groceries
And I remember them talking about filling that basket. Making it full. And they showed how that you can take a basket and you can you can put things in the basket and lay them sideways. That's a lot of empty space here. A lot of empty space. And make it look like it's full. But it's about half empty. But when you put it the other way and you press it down, you fill up all the sides. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, fill it full, and running over, it's a full basket. I showed the how that some baskets much fuller. And they fill a basket and they bring it up to level. But then the basket likes to hold more or nearly another basket full by bringing it on up to the top, making it heaping basket. Well, that's putting more into it. This is the number and the quantity. Oh my, that's our blessings from the Lord. God gives us good measure over and over. You look in your life and how that the Lord has blessed you since you've been saved. He's given you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. He has just blessed you over and over again. Oh my God, Help us to be grateful and thankful for the good measure that the Lord has blessed us through the days of our lives. Then I want you to notice the frequency here in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 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 Matthew 6 and verse 25. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 25. It says here, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor for your um, body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, in verse 26. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? The way that the Lord blesses those birds out there and takes care of them. Jesus Christ died for the likes of you, but not for birds. Oh my, how he does it. take care of us. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? <clears throat> and why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory 
was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall it not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? If God takes care of nature, He's certainly going to take care of you. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things did the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought, for the moral shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Every time I read that, my mind goes back to about the eighth grade. I had a homeroom teacher named Smith. Well, same as Wade here. And Miss Smith could have her back to the class writing on the board. She'd call out some student's name and she would say, Larry, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I remember some of us went to see her after class and we asked her, Miss Smith, you said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What do you mean by that? She said, Douglas, there's enough evil that you making any more. <laughs> there's enough evil without you making any more. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Oh, may God help us to be grateful and thankful for our salvation and all of its benefits. Now then, I want you to notice thirdly, the demands of this relationship. And there are about four of them here that I want to bring to your attention. And the first one is, we should live for Him sincerely. We should live for the Lord sincerely and sincere means honest, genuine, wholehearted, real, or true. We should live for Him honestly. We should live for Him genuinely. We should live for Him wholeheartedly. We should live for Him real. We should live for Him true. Luke 
8 and verse 15, in the parable of the sower, Jesus said, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. May God help us to live for Him sincerely, honestly, genuinely, wholeheartedly, real and true. And then we should not only live for Him sincerely, but we should live for Him affectionately. John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love Me, keep My commandments. If you love Me, keep My commandments. That shows our affection for Him. Keeping His commandments. Number three, we should live for Him constantly and consistently. Constant means faithful, loyal, true, devoted, dedicated, or steadfast. Be faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4.12, uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2, Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Folks, let me tell you something. You and I ought to want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful. God doesn't expect anything more of me than that I be found faithful. I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful to my wife. Faithful to my children. Faithful to the church which I'm a member of. I want to be found faithful to the Lord. <coughs> oh, may God help us to be found faithful. That's where it should be for us. And then we should live for Him practically. The word practical means useful, possible, workable, performable. Oh, may God help me to live a life that is useful, workable, and performable to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Be thankful for your salvation, folks.
God is constantly working in His people. He's still working in you. Carrying out His work and will through you. Oh, may God help us to be thankful for our salvation and be faithful to Him. The plan of God is made by God. The plan of salvation is made by God. The work of salvation is carried out by God. The blessings of salvation are applied by God. The outcome of salvation is the result of God. So be thankful for all the benefits of your salvation. Be thankful for the quality of your salvation. Be thankful for the quantity of your salvation. Be thankful for the frequency of these benefits of salvation. We should live for Him sincerely. We should live for Him affectionately. We should live for Him constantly and consistently. We should live for Him practically. Forget not all of the benefits of your salvation. Psalm 89 and verse 19 reads, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Think of that, Selah. Psalm 103 and verse 2, Blessed be the Lord O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Oh man, being saved has so many benefits. Psalm 116, and I close. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? All of His benefits toward me. The benefits of the Lord to you and me are innumerable. We couldn't begin to number all of the benefits that are ours through our salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank God for His loving kindness and tender mercy that He has shown to us. Let's bow our heads, please, and send them all stand if you would please. Bow our heads are very dismissed. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, thank you so much for the messages that we heard from Danny and from our pastor, Douglas King. Thank you so much for all of uh, the many wonderful blessings that you've bestowed upon us in the past, and I'm sure there are more blessings to come. Thank you in this time of thanksgiving for all of the many wonderful things that we have thanks to you. We have a wonderful world we live in. We have a wonderful country which we can worship in. We have leaders to, <clears throat> to lead us. We have 
a military to protect us, and we have first responders and doctors and nurses to take care of us in our time of need. <clears throat> but no one takes care of us better than you do, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the word. And thank you so, so much for my family, my uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, my immediate family, Tracy, Alan. I thank you for traveling mercies. I thank you for all of the many wonderful things that you do for us. But thank you so, so much. We can't thank you enough for the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross so we could spend an eternity with you and him in heaven and in whose precious holy name we always do pray. Amen.